Friends, Jordan Montgomery here, and we're glad that you've tuned into another episode of the Growth Over Goals podcast. Before we jump into today's conversation, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Thompson & Co. Salon & Parlor. Thompson & Co. Salon & Parlor is a family-owned, stylist-owned community salon that fits the needs for all types of families. Located in downtown Iowa City and now a second location at Corville, North Liberty area, Tico specializes in all things hair. In fact, that's where I've been getting my hair done for the last seven years. Tico specializes in hair cutting, razor cutting, the most modern color techniques and high-end hair extensions. As one of Iowa's only inner coiffure salons and salon today's top 200 salons in the U.S., Tico looks forward to being the salon of choice for you and those you love. Be sure to call or book on their website today at thompsonacosalon.com. Thank you, Tico, for all you do for us and our community. Welcome back to the Growth Over Goals podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. Good to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, listen up. If you are an emerging leader, if you're a 20-something, if you're a 30-something, um, today's episode is relevant for all leaders but it's especially relevant for the emerging leader. If you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, um, if you're newer to your organization, newer to your company, if you're wanting to expand your influence, uh, if you want to expand your platform, if you want to be more impactful inside your organization, today's guest is going to help us do that. Uh, today's guest wrote a book co-authored with John Gordon. It's called The Sale, all about character and integrity, practical application to character and integrity, really about leading up, about creating more impact, but doing it the right way. Uh, today's guest is a former Division I football player, quarterback at Mizzou, married to his wife, Erin, um, two young children, Walker and Kennedy. He is uh, all across America speaking at various events. Um, love following this guy on social media, putting out so much positive energy into the world. We actually met three years ago. Uh, we were both speaking at a virtual event, just fell in love with his spirit, his energy, his character, and uh, I've enjoyed staying connected ever since. And then he has this new book out. It was new last year, actually, so we're a little bit behind trying to get Alex on our show, but he's here with us today. Our guest is Alex Demchak. Welcome to the show, my friend. Jordan, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool opportunity when when I listen to your podcast now to be a guest. You don't get that opportunity every day, and so I'm, I'm a big fan of what you do, man, so thanks for having me on. Well, it's so fun to think about all the ways in which we're connected, like mutual friends, um, even the work that we do is similar. Uh, you're a speaker, author. Um, I think about the sports background, your love for sports. And yeah, then, yeah, man, yeah. This, is the, this is the thing that I admire most is like um, that you, you're a person of faith, like you wear your faith on your sleeve, you know, you're, you're humble. Um, and I think you stand for the right thing. So, so yeah, man, just, just an honor to have you on today and, and looking forward to helping some people through good conversation. Yeah, man, I'm so excited to do more together uh, in, in the ways that we work. I think, you know, as you know, every time I speak in Iowa, I'll randomly text you like, hey, Jordan, how close do you yeah. live to this part of Iowa? You're like, nope, I'm like four hours away from there. So it's like, all right. So I just keep trying. So one of these days, you're going to be speaking in Missouri or I'm going to be, so we're going to make it That's happen, right. uh, get a workout in together or something. But uh yeah, man, just it's a huge honor to be here. Well, honor to have you, man. Excited to help some folks today. Appreciate you investing your time and energy in our community. And I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but I would love us to start our conversation today. You've got this amazing story 
about when you played college football at Mizzou that I think the whole world needs to hear. And it's this sort of story about character building and humility. And so I would love just to drop right into that story. Can we do that to kick off today? Absolutely. We're going to be raw and transparent right from the get-go today. So yeah, man, I, like many of your listeners, I was a sports fanatic growing up. You know, I loved all kinds of sports. I remember my grandpa, he said, uh, he was like, son, I, I was so dedicated during football season. I didn't even date girls during football season. And I was like, all right, grandpa, you know, but I did date one girl my freshman year. She was cutie. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, I was like, I'm focused and uh, get the chance to walk on a university of Missouri. And like you, Jordan, like when you feel like you're in the zone, when you feel like life, like things are going great, it, it's, it's kind of like you have no complaints in the world. It's like life is awesome, right? You feel invincible. And that's where I was my freshman and sophomore year. We were transitioning from the big 12 to the SEC and going into my junior season, you have this very standard this chill meeting with one of your coaches, you know, it's your assistant coach. They pretty much come into the room and say, Hey, let's have an awesome year. It's super chill. No big deal. Right. That's how it went the first two years. And I walk into the room going into my junior season thinking, Hey, this is the year that I'm actually going to start moving up on the depth chart. Right. I'm feeling optimistic about the year. People have said positive things. I'm feeling good. Well, Jordan, I walk into this room and when I walk in, instead of one coach being there, there was three. So that, that was different. And uh, when I sit down at the table, one of the coaches stands up and closes the door behind him. And so, you know, I'm not the, uh, as you know, Jordan, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm like, this is not in my mind. I'm thinking this is not a good start to this meeting. And, and one of the coaches looks right across the table from me and he, he's very direct. He says, Alex, I want to shoot you straight. We have over scholarship at quarterback. We are bringing in someone to take your spot. And, you know, at that time in my life, Jordan, like football was my everything. It was my identity. It's like I, when you say like the jersey defined you, like, yes, it did. And essentially what this guy is telling me across the table is, is you are not good enough. You don't measure up. And he said you have two options. Option number one is your cut. You know, it's like a business transaction. Or option number two is you can stay on as this volunteer assistant, no pay, coach we could we could use you around here and he's like oh yeah by the way you need to decide in this meeting what you want to do and so as you can imagine my mind is racing i'm like how do i even process what's what's happening right and so i just felt in my spirit in that moment uh to stay and so i kind of was like i i don't even know what this looks like but i guess i'll stay on as this coach whatever that means and so i said that and and the coaches stood up and shook my hand and walked me out of the room and i remember walking past uh, the quarterback who took my spot, uh, that was tough. He was excited. I was obviously humiliated, right? And I remember going out to my truck and I remember just letting loose, just honestly, just crying, feeling so humiliated, like kind of for the first time in my life, like mm. I feel like I had been exposed or I felt like I'd let so many people down, let myself down. And I was this kid from a small town with all these dreams. And like, this is where my story ends up. And Jordan, that was a tough year. My entire junior season, uh, my entire junior year, I'm I'm making coffee for the coaches. I'm printing off copies of the practice plan in my street clothes at practice, making the other quarterbacks look good, right? And so you talk about man being humiliated in a moment. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so the first practice was coming up in a few weeks, and and I'm like, you know what? I got to be positive. I got to make it through this thing. And and you know, coaches have a big influence. They can have an impact you know, Nick Saban makes all this money. Maybe I'll go the coaching route. And, and that's what I thought. Right. And so I show up that first day of practice thinking like, you know what, 
maybe I've been part of the program for a few years. They'll give me this big responsibility, this big coaching role. I'll get the free swag. I know you wear a lot of nice Iowa swag, right? They'll hook me up with the free swag. <laughs> well, I walk in that first day and one of the coaches kind of barks at me and he's like, Alex, I want to show you what your job's going to be. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, sweet man, put me up in the press box. Let me call some plays, <laughs> right? And he walks over and he hands me this yellow referee flag. And so for people listening, it's like just like a, a, a flag that someone would throw like an umpire, you know, or, or a referee in football. And he hands me this flag and he says, Alex, we need you in practice to take this flag. And when someone jumps off sides, you're going to take it and you're going to throw it down. And it's hard to visualize over a podcast how this went down, but just imagine me taking a flag and like pretty much dropping it on the ground. And and Jordan, the worst part about the whole deal is he like showed me how to do that twice. And I was like, <laughs> thank you, rocket scientist coach. But anyway, he shows me this whole, I didn't say that, of course, I just thought it, but he shows me how to do this. And I'm sitting there going, okay, what part of practice do I do this? The beginning, the end. And he's pretty much stopped me and said, no, 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 I need you to do this for the entire season. Like this is your role. And so Jordan, like I went from being an SEC quarterback to a professional flag thrower in like a moment's notice. But as you and your listeners know, like a profession, there's a flag thrower isn't even a job title, bro. It's like not even <laughs> a thing. And so, man, there's so many more stories I could share. But for the sake of time, my entire junior season was super, super hard. And I'm doing all these small things thinking, what in the world am I doing here? And as a person of faith, I'm thinking, God, you gave me this passion for football. I felt like you gave me the, the the abilities to do it. And now this is what you allow to happen. Like it was, it was this frustration and anger. And so, man, I remember meeting with the coaches that year and saying, Hey, what can I do? Is there anything I can do to get back on the team my senior year? And so I remember, you know, just being at, at practice in my street clothes, running sprints after practice. I remember being in the weight room, doing all these things where guys would even be like, man, like it's cool to see you sticking with it. Why are you doing, you know, all these things, but it was those little encouragements that people gave me during that time that would help me that helped me last through those hard, tough times. And man, I mean, just the humility of being brought so low as, as you know, Jordan, as we go through trials in life, it's so easy to say, God, why me? But it's like the relationships I fostered during that trial, like even today, years later are still there because I finally now had time for people, you know, before mm. I was so busy doing my own thing. And now I'm on the sidelines going, man, how do I add value? Like, this is crazy. Right. And so full circle, long story short, my senior year, um, I get back on the team as a quarterback. We go to the Citrus Bowl. It was an awesome experience, man. It was a great, um, for any Minnesota fans out there, I'm sorry, but it was a great experience to end my career. But the, the reason I, I kicked this podcast off with that story is because I had to learn the really tough lesson in my own life that leadership requires no title, mm. you know, and showing up and being excellent yeah. in what you do every single day. Like, it doesn't matter where you're at on the depth chart, where you're at on the org chart, I think that's my lesson. That's my my message to to young leaders, to rising leaders. Is you know you might be in a position right now, and you're thinking, man, why am I here? Like I, I almost like almost this entitlement mentality of I'm better than this, or who am I to be in this role? But you never know how you can be used in those roles. You never know how God will use you in those trials. Because Jordan, I can guarantee you something: we would not be. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we would not be on this call if it wasn't for me going through that humiliation, pursuing the type of work that I'm doing today. And now we're here. And, and I think that's my message to your listeners is you don't know how you can be used in those, those trials in your life. Man, so good, Alex. And there's so many young leaders that need to hear this story and this message. I think it's Andy Stanley who said the biggest myth in leadership 
is that you have to be in charge to lead. You know, and, and I think about two mantras as you share that story. These are two things that you lived out, by the way. The first is bloom where you're planted, right? Like you were planted in a situation that maybe wasn't fun, wasn't where you wanted to be, but you, you did that job to the best of your ability. Um, and not that you were perfect at it. I heard you say in a recent podcast, I wasn't perfect in that season. Um, but on most days, I think you probably, you made it through and you did it to the best of your ability. You were you were deciding to bloom where you had been planted and you were going to be a, a flag thrower and a coach, a coach and a support to the best of your ability, even though it was probably really hard. The second thing I think about is, you know, if you want to have influence that others don't have, you have to do things that others don't do. And I think character is built in the dark, you know, like it's not a front stage thing. Um, it's a backstage thing. Oftentimes it's the stuff that nobody sees, you know, that, um, allows us to to really build our character. So I'm just curious, like I love this about leadership requires no title. Um, any other lessons that God taught you in that season that you remember thinking about, or even that you think about today when you look back on that chapter of your life? Yeah, those are, I just wrote down those two points you said. So thank you for for sharing those. A, a, a quote that I still love to this day that, that kind of helped me get through this time. And I think is great for rising leaders and for all of us. If you think about with social media, and all the ways that we can look around today in our lives, we can look at other people in almost a negative way and compare our lives to, to them. You know, a quote that I I love, and I, I am, I'm preaching to myself as I say this, is comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's a Teddy Roosevelt quote. And it's so true. It's like every moment as leaders that we, we you negatively look around at someone else and say, man, I wish I had the platform that Jordan had, or I wish I had the success that he had, what I'm doing. I mean, it's one thing to congratulate people and encourage them and be happy for them. That, that's healthy. That's great. But when you take it to a different level and say, man, if, you know, I'm only going to be happy if I have what Jordan had, right? That's where you get into trouble as leaders. And I think every moment you do that, you actually are robbing yourself of joy, right? You're actually saying, Hey God, you don't know what's best for me. And so I'm going to choose not to, um, to feel blessed for what I have. And, and that's the reality, man. It's like, you know, this, like we, we are blessed to be a blessing. And I think wow. when you navigate out of that mindset and out of that heart posture, it changes the way that you work because you're saying everything that I own, everything that I've been given is God has given to me and I'm just going to be a faithful steward. And I think when you navigate out of that stewardship mentality, right, that stewardship mentality, you're saying, Hey, it's not mine, but I'm going to, I'm going to freely give it away. I want to be open. I've been reading a book by Randy Alcorn. Um, just, he's an author of 30 books and he has a book called, I think it's heaven, eternity and possessions. And man, it's like almost 500 pages, but dude, it's been rocking my world. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so countercultural, but he just talks about like everything we've been given is, is God's right. And then we act sometimes like it's ours. We try to, you know, you know, hold on. But it's like, man, God really can use us when we, when we loosen that grip and say, God, how are you, how, how can you use my resources, the things that you blessed me with, even the platform that you've given me, like, God, how can I be a steward of that? So good, man. I'm reading uh, the book of James and just this morning read that scripture, you know, in James that all good things come from above. And mm -hmm. what you said is, man, God is the, is the giver of gifts, right? He gives us all something unique and different and that's special. And the quickest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else, right? And so, uh, man, I just love this Valley story at Mizzou. Keep telling that story. You're going to continue to help a lot of people. You're helping some people right now. There's somebody listening to this. There's some emerging leader 
a young person, maybe even a developing leader that's hearing the story going, man, I'm in a season right now where I'm throwing a flag and I don't want to be doing it and it's not fun. Uh, but let Alex and I just encourage you, like sometimes God's preparation is packaged as pain and he might mm. be preparing you for something really exciting um, and really impactful out into the future. Uh, Alex, I, I think about your life, your story. He prepared you for some really cool stuff, man. You you enter into the mortgage lending business, right? So you take a job in mortgage lending. Talk to us about that season, which then eventually takes us to, you know, author, speaker. But talk to us about this transition and and transformation. Yeah, man. So I coached football for briefly right out of college. And then I got, like you said, I was doing sales for about five years. And during that time, I worked for an amazing company. Uh, they Veterans United Home Loans, they were constantly ranked as like the top 10 company culture to work for in America, right? So it's almost like, in some ways, the dream job. And during that time, I, I connected with John Gordon uh, before that. And I started doing speaking engagements on the side as a side hustle. And I think this is important to bring up because I'm sure a lot of people listening, maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm in this role, but I want to do this. And that's where I was, right? I had this side passion of speaking and writing that I, I'm like, man, I want to cultivate this, but I had this day job I needed to provide for my family. And so Jordan, it took me four and a half years of, of cultivating this side hustle where I would literally be in my cubicle, I'm slinging mortgages, and then I'm flying or I'm driving to a speaking event, sometimes another mortgage company, and then I'd come back, right? And so it was like I was living these two lives. And in December, uh, eight, December 18th of 2021, um, again, I loved the company. I still do. I was able to walk away from my full-time job four and a half years later and go all in on speaking and writing. And I that's my message to people is I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I have a mortgage payment. I have a stay-at-home wife. I have children. I'm going to just quit. And, and no, like there's kind of a framework that I established to do that. Number one, I think wise counsel, people like you, man, people like John Gordon investing in me. I remember before I made the, made the, the leap in the months leading up to that, I actually talked with 12 different people in my life, you know, full-time speakers, authors, full-time people in the mortgage industry, family members, people that I know, man, that love me and that would tell me the honest truth. And Jordan, what's so cool is in asking those 12 people, I would just write down what they said. All 12 out of 12, when I gave them my numbers, I was vulnerable, all these things. They said, Alex, they said, if you don't make this jump, you will always look back and wonder. You will always have regret about what mm. could have what could have been. And so they, all 12 of them said a version of, you know, it, you need to go for it. Like you need to make this jump and man, things like that. Um, and it's just crazy now being, you know, a few years past that it's unbelievable as you know, when you go all in on something, the opportunities that God brings your way. And so, man, it's just been so fun to go all in. I did feel like in some ways, and here, here's a, a valuable lesson. When I was at my full-time job at, at the nine to five, and then was doing speaking, if I'm being totally transparent, there's times that I use that as a crutch. So what I would do is I would think in my head, I, don't, I never said it out loud, but I would think, okay, I have this nine to five, you know, good job, stable job. So if I go to a speaking engagement and let's say maybe I don't do so well, or it doesn't, you know, they, my jokes don't land, whatever, it's all good because I can go right back to my job. And if things weren't going good at my job, I could say, well, pff, I have this side hustle that's providing for, you know, and so I actually use that and actually hurt my career, I think, or maybe not hurt my career, but it just, I think it delayed the way I was able to progress. And I think it was when I fully went all in, in a way I was open by saying, hey, I could be a really bad keynote speaker, but I'm going to go all in and try it. And I just think the vulnerability of that really, it really like the scarcity of like, okay, all right, it's January. I, you know, I quit in December, January. It's like, all right, where's my next speaking engagement? You know, like the scarcity of that really caused you to produce hopefully 
really good content and value. And so that's what I would say to someone listening. If if you're in if you're in transition or you're thinking about that, it doesn't have to be a tomorrow thing. It took me four and a half years, but how can you take a step towards that in some in some way? So I want to point something out about your journey though, that um, to me is different from how a lot of speakers and coaches go about their business. I heard you say uh, when I was working the nine to five, I was just I was speaking and I was just I was out there, man. I was trying to impact and serve, and it didn't it didn't matter what the audience looked like or how many people were going to be in the room. And then literally, I heard you you're on a podcast with John Gordon a little over a year ago. Um, and shout out to John, mutual friend and mentor for for both of us. Um, and I heard you say this on that podcast. You're like, you know what, John? Like, I'm not I'm not too good, man. Like, if it's a team of ten, like. I want to serve. I want to be helpful. So, so audience, keep this in mind. Here's a guy who's co-authored a book with one of the top authors in the world right now in the personal development and leadership space, former Division One quarterback, has had success professionally, has a beautiful family, looks the part, good communicator, and has enough humility to say, I'm willing to step into different spaces and serve. And I'm going to trust God with that process. People come to me all the time, Alex. They say, man, I want to speak. Like, what should I do? And I would say, well, I'm going to give you some really underwhelming advice. If you want to speak, you should just go speak. Yeah. Don't worry about the audience. Don't worry about what the event or the fee. Like, man, if you want to, if you want to be impactful as a speaker, just go hone your craft and serve and, and take all the at-bats, you know, that you can get. And I've watched you do that. And, and now, man, the, the stages are for you getting bigger and and the rooms are more full and I'm sure the fees are going up, but could you speak to that? Just like maybe the, the humility or stewardship and, and what maybe even God has taught you in that uh, sort of, sort of process. It's a great question. And I got to tell you a quick Iowa story that you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Come on. so, you know, when we came out with the sale on the book tour, going to all these places, um, I, it was actually the day that we found out Daniel Decker on our team sent us a, a message that said, Hey guys, the sale, our book, uh, tomorrow it's going to come out though it hit the bestsellers list right and so i remember seeing this text i'm thinking oh man this is really humbling and i remember having a thought jordan of like okay i've one i had done three talks that day in iowa to the school district i had one more talk that night so i was already tired but i get this text i'm like all right let's go let's i'm going to crush this thing and i had the thought of like hey this school is getting a discount they're going to hear from one of the only bestsellers right now in the country let's go right i show up to the school jordan thinking it's going to be amazing well first off it's the middle of nowhere iowa i can't even remember the town but I get there. I think it's Burlington actually, but it's like a really Come small on. part of it. Let's go. And, uh, and uh, I get there, the parking lot is empty. Right. And <laughs> I get in the room five minutes before two minutes before the event. Literally. I wish I had the picture to show you for your listeners. One fourth grade kid showed up. <laughs> Literally. It was like this family community event. It was at, it was at 7 PM that night, you know, and I'm, I walk in the room, I see this one person and I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the middle of nowhere. My family's at home. There's Thursday night football about to start. Like, what am I doing here? Right. And uh, man, I just, I, I know as a Christian, it was the Holy Spirit, but I just heard this, this question uh, very clearly as I was walking into that room. And as I kind of was frustrated looking at this one kid, I'm like, what am I doing here? I heard this. Who am I to overlook the one? Hmm. And, I, and I heard it so clearly, man. And I, and I, I kind of just like readjusted my thoughts. I walk over to this sweet kid I guess I should say his dad was there. So there, he had to drive him he, there. He was a fourth grader. So there was actually two people in the audience that night, but uh, pat on the back there for the big audience. But <laughs> just spending a few minutes with this kid and saying, hey, man, you have such a bright future. Gave him a signed copy of my book. I mean, 
do fourth graders read business books? I don't know, but you got to start them young, right? But it's like <laughs> spending a few minutes with this kid is what I needed because now my mm. the every time to your point, man, whenever you get an opportunity, whether it's your local uh, church or whatever to go sp- or wherever it is, it's like now my mentality is like, who is my one? Like, is there one person you know, that needs the message? Is there one person? And so again, just like you, people ask me all the time, how do you get into speaking? Or, hey, do you get nervous before you speak? And the way I relate it to is I get the same energy that I do like before a football game back in my athlete days where it's like this yeah. adrenaline, it's exciting. I don't get nervous because if you, John Gordon is such a great example of this. He said over the years, hey, if you just focus on serving the audience, like you're not nervous. The nerves go away because if you're looking to create value, if you're looking to say, how, how can I help one person who's struggling in the audience right now? How can I help one person overcome an obstacle, maybe a mindset shift or, you know, it changes. And, and then you get excited to be like, wow, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, man. So I think it really comes down to whether it's a family member, whether it's an opportunity to speak, it's like, who's that one person? Who's that one person yeah, so that good. needs to hear, hear your message? So good. Well, uh, credit to you, man, for leaning in with a fourth grader and his dad, another character building, you know, opportunity. And I've been there too, man, where the audience is small and it's not at all what you thought it was going to be. And you drove forever to, I remember, you know, one time I spoke for the YMCA. I did it for free. It was like the early days of speaking. And it was just same thing. Like hardly anybody was there. It was late at night, middle of nowhere. Um, and it's those moments that you reflect back on. I mean, if it didn't go through that, there's no way exactly. I'd have the opportunities I have today. So somebody needs to hear that today. I appreciate you sharing. Um, I want to talk about the sale and get a little bit practical. So the sale is a story about a guy named Matt. Sales guy has some challenges, um, has to choose what's right over what's easy. Um, again, don't want to spoil the story. Go read the sale. But what I do want to do um, with you today, Alex, is I want to get a little bit practical because somebody could say, uh, oh, hey, I, I already know kind of what that book's about. It's about doing the right thing. It's about having integrity and I just got to go have integrity and continue to have character and I'll be good. Well, you and I, I think would both argue that there's a process toward building character, building integrity, um, learning, growing, stewarding gifts well. So could you get practical with our listeners? Maybe just talk a little bit about like, where do you see young leaders struggle and what, what message, and we could tie this to the sale, but what message would you want young leaders to hear about growing in integrity and character? Yeah, that's so good, Jordan. Yeah, the main character in the book, his name is Matt, like you said. And John and I wrote the main character in a way that anyone reading the book could relate with that main character in some way. You know, like Matt's the type of guy that maybe either they know you may not know someone like Matt, or maybe you are Matt, where Matt's the guy where he's having success at work, things are going great, but at home things aren't, right? You know, his wife Kendra, as you read in the book, told him, Hey, look, you're not here to raise the kids. I'm doing this all alone. Like you need to provide. Right. And his response is essentially provide like I make more money in a month than the average person does in a year. Like, who are you telling me to provide? Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of his his stance and his heart posture, which is not great. Right. And so, you know, long story short, in the book, he has the chance to make this sale of a lifetime that would bring him seven million dollars, which Jordan, I know about you, but that's a lot of money from where I come from. Right. So seven million dollars. But like you mentioned, the only thing, you know, if, if they move forward with the sale, they would have to lack integrity in some pretty major ways and some illegal things would happen. And so kind of the climax of the book is, does, does, does Matt and his team do the right thing or do they move forward with the sale? And so without telling your listeners here, there's a few principles that 
get unpacked through his mentor named Randy that teaches him about integrity. Because Jordan, I think this is what's happening in our culture. And I think we can all see it, especially with, you know, the next generation and athletes or whoever we're talking about as leaders. There's so much emphasis on talent, right? You know, when you, when you look to hire that employee, it's like, wow, they're a talented sales rep. They're a talented person. But a lot of times the emphasis is not on character. And I think what's happening is, you know, uh, to, you know, if as a leader, if your talent is outpacing your character, trouble's coming, <laughs> right? And I think we've all seen it, man. And, and even a quote, just to quote our mentor, John Gordon, he says, you know, talent without character is like a race car with no steering wheel, <clears throat> right? It looks awesome from the outside. It's shiny. It's great. It's fast. But man, with no steering wheel, a crash is waiting to happen. And, you know, there's a song by Casting Crowns, if you know that band, and it's called Slow Fade. Yeah, yeah. And it pretty much just talks about how, you know, like the, the last line of it says, people never crumble in a day. Mm. You know, people never crumble in a day. And so true, Jordan, like is, when you look at leaders who maybe have made huge decisions that have affected so many people, you know, in a negative way, you look back at their life and they would probably even admit it like, hey, there was these small rationalizations, almost like yes. when you think about the, the Dave Ramsey debt snowball where it builds, builds, builds. It's almost the opposite, right? It's like these little negative things that happen. They start building up, building up, building up. And pretty soon it's like, wow, you look up and it's like, wow, I really did this crazy thing that I never intended to. And so I think, Jordan, that's the message of the book is, is yes, it's aimed at corporate America. Yes, it's aimed at leaders of all, you know, um, all ages. But the, the message is this, like, how, how sad would it be to look back at the end of your career, to look back and say, you know what, I made all this money. I was successful from the outside. People looked at me with high regard, but like the people who knew me the closest, and they they didn't respect me, and they, and they and they and they knew I was a fake person, or I wasn't authentic as a leader. Like, how sad would that be? You know, to Man. to quote unquote accomplish these things, to climb the ladder of success, but like we always hear, you know, but then to find that that ladder is like up against the wrong building, like that would be so sad. And I think it is, you know, almost you know, like one of your mentors and friends, John Maxwell. It's like it's almost you know, you have to think of, you have to reverse engineer, you have to think. I guess with the end, I guess that's Stephen Covey, think with the end in mind, you know, you have to reverse engineer the life you want, right? And mm -hmm. I think for for us as as rising leaders, as people who are in that life stage, it's like, man, how can how can you focus on not just the X's and O's? Because those things are great. Yeah. Those are awesome. It's good. But it's like the foundational principles that allow you to to have long-term success, I think is what this book is is aimed after. So good. And I, I think a subtitle for this book could be a, a question. I think it could be uh, one of life's best questions, mm. which is, "What is the wise thing to do?" You know, Ooh, that's good. That's um, good. The Andy, the Andy Stanley question: What is the wise thing to do? And I think that's what you're pointing uh, toward with with readers, right? Is like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that you know um, you're gonna you're gonna have this one decision that's gonna change everything. What I'm suggesting is, if you're not careful, there's a slow fade, mm. and most of life's biggest regrets are preceded by a series of unwise decisions. I think there's there's so few people that like plan on um, or really intend on like cheating on a spouse, mm. right? Um, but what happens is they make an unwise decision. They put themselves in a, in a situation, maybe it's later than it should be, or it's darker than it should be, or they're in some venue that they shouldn't be in or whatever, right? And it's like, man, it's that's a decision. It's a small decision 
Um, and it's, it's sometimes not even that it's wrong, right? It's not even that it's immoral to be out past a certain time or in a certain venue. It's just unwise. And so, man, I think your book, The Sale, is helping people garner wisdom, uh, think more deeply about their future, and begin with the end in mind. Um, there's a twist at the end of the book. Uh, you got to go read the book. Um, we're not going to spoil that. Go check out The Sale. Alex Demchek, John Gordon. Alex, you're talking about this book all across the country. I know it's a huge part of what you're speaking on, um, but you're also helping people get out their message today. So you're focused on your message and helping people, you know, with, with you know, keynote speaking and your, and your training and your leading in so many different areas of life. But now you're actually helping people craft their own message. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that before we land the plane today and the work that you're doing with Streamline. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, man. In 2021, after I quit my full-time job, I co-founded a company called Streamline Books and with my co-founder, Will Severns. And yeah, what we do is we help people in a 20-week process write and publish their book. And man, it's so fun because we just get, we know that not only does every person have a book inside of them, they have a message and a story to, and expertise to share. And, you know, we get asked all the, all the time by people, hey, do I need to go out and sell a million books? So, you know, do a billion people need my message? It's like, maybe not a billion, right? But going back to that one is like, is there one person that could benefit from the expertise in your book? And it's like, absolutely. Just think about the people um, that you could help with your story. And so, yeah, man, whether it's ghostwriting or editing, design, all the different elements that go into a published book, as you as you know about, you know, we kind of do all, do all those things in a 20-week process. And so, process. So it's been so cool for, you know, whether it's people like John Gordon, Heather Monahan, all these different awesome authors for them to kind of validate what we're doing at Streamline and saying, hey, you know, for people that maybe aren't don't want to go out and get a, a publishing deal or wait multiple years to have their book, like they they're like, hey, talk to Streamline. And and it's just so fun for us to be able to help steward people's stories. And I'm just a quick little story. We just published someone's book that um he'd been in prison for 17 years. And you can only imagine the stories he has, right? And so he, you know, he has no experience writing, um, but he's just an amazing guy. And so our team's able to through interviews pull out of him his message. And now he's out getting some of his first speaking engagements in Texas. And so, man, it's just an honor and a privilege to help people write their book. And um, yeah, man, that's a little bit about what we do. Well, bro, this is this is your spirit. This is the essence of Alex. Um, I think you're a hope dealer, man. I think you deal hope. Um, you just did it again with the book, right? Like everybody's got a book inside of them. Um, reach out to Alex. If, if you think you got a book inside of you and Alex can be helpful, we're going to put a link in the show notes to streamline We'll have Alex's contact info. So reach out to Al, uh, Alex. We, we'd love to, to have you embark on that journey. And I think Alex would love to be a part of that process if it's, if it's a good fit. And, and also, man, love your humility in where you got your start. And I think somebody's listening to this today and they're going, well, I'm, maybe I'm more like Alex than what I thought. You know, when we, when we start your intro and it's like, man, best-selling author and keynote speaker and former Division One quarterback, somebody might look at you and go, wow, I, I'm, not, I'm not like Alex. You know, he's just he's more talented or he was given gifts that I don't have. But then, man, your um, your style and the way that you communicate and the way that you share your story, I think allows people to feel really connected to you. So I just want to speak that over you and encourage you, man. You're a hope dealer. You're a connector. Um, you're an inspiration. You're a motivator. But I think it's because you have this humble posture and you've kept right perspective of where your gifts have come from. So I just appreciate that about you, man, um, and, and just loved – sharing this conversation. We're going to run it back. There's more that we can do together. Um, before I let you go though, man, what's, 
what's next for Alex? And then also, where can people find you? Those, those two questions I wanted you to respond to. Yeah, man, that's great. And I, I wish, yeah, I, I want to say so many things that are encouraging about you as well, man. I've just seen what you're the work that you're doing and you are, yeah, just so genuine, man. And so the way that you lead is, is for me, I just look up to you in so many ways. So thank you for leading the way in your business. I look at what you're doing. I'm saying, wow, it's, a, it's incredible. And it's just such a positive way. And so, yeah, my website is alexspeaking.com. And then if you want to write a book, you can go to writemybooks.com. And yeah, man, I think what's next is just kind of raising, raising my two kiddos right now. And um, I just got it. I just started, um, uh, you know, coaching people on speaking side of things as well. People who want to become speakers, get, get more into that, into that regard and helping, you know, we help you publish, write the book. We help you with speaking, all these different things that kind of tie together. So I think just the, yeah, overall, man, how can we help people? Um, yeah. Uh, our company verse for streamline is Proverbs 31, eight and nine. And so the, it starts out by saying, open your mouth for the mute. And not that people are necessarily on mute, but I think the culture does put a, a lot of people on mute and or they, or they say, I have this message. I don't know where to go next. And so if we can help people do that, man, I think in all these different circles, like how can we help be a voice to the voiceless and help Oof. man share, share God's message through them? It's good, man. So. Well, you're doing that work and it's fun to see you do it. I've just loved following the journey over the last few years and, I know that you and Aaron are just getting started. So um, yeah, thanks for your friendship, man. Thanks for pouring your time and energy into our community. Uh, means a lot. I know that you helped a whole bunch of people today. Go follow Alex Demchek. Check him out. We're going to add links to the show notes. So if you want to get in touch with them about writing a book, or if you want to have Alex um, come speak to your organization, I know he'd love to talk to you about that as well. Alex, God bless you, bro. Thank you for being here, man. What a joy. Yeah, God bless you, brother. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, we'll be doing something cool together soon, I'm sure. So no doubt, no doubt. Look forward to many more conversations and uh, doing more life with you. So thanks again for being on. See you, brother. This has been another episode of the Growth Over Goals podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. If you found any value in this episode, I would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe to this podcast in an effort that we might move our mission of impact forward. I also want to say thank you to our producers, John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make this podcast go. Be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.